Dad name is Drake, Butch name is Drizzy. They try to tell me I'd never be nothing but a protege. But if you watch the VMAs, there's nothing more to say. I got the key to happiness and all the copies. Remember. All right, welcome to the first episode of Write the Radio. I'm Matt Marite. I am the head writer at Last Out Media, and I'm joined with pretty much the two main men uh, behind the whole thing that we've got on our two most viewed writers. We got Rob Manoff and Bobby Dubs. Yep. What's up? We could, this could be the Rob and Bob hour <laughs> like just Robin featuring Bob Matt. <laughs> you know, this is the first time I know how to say your name now. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. In my head, I've always said it like Maratea. <laughs> just because I can't talk. Yeah. yeah I just remember it spelling it. I knew it was M-A-R-A-T. Like, tea you drink. <laughs> well, that's what they called both of my brothers in high school. They both got nicknamed Tay or T, just at the, for whatever reason. Uh, my coaches, they could never pronounce it. I was Marinara on so many different teams. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. Marinara. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Or finally, in college, I got to be Matty Ice just because I started crushing Natty Ices just to get rid of people pe- being called Sauce or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, I call my daughter that, Maddie Ice. Her name's Madison, but we all call her Maddie Ice. Oh, yeah, that works. That works. <laughs> I was always Manoff. Everyone just called me Manoff. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any cool names. I wasn't cool. <laughs> oh, I was like, get out of here. Yeah. I don't believe it. <laughs> no, I was kind of a tool, but. <laughs> no, there wasn't some like short guy who got arrogant and called you tiny or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. Oh, man. Well. So the point of this podcast, other than messing around, getting to have fun with each other, get to know each other a little bit, is we want the world to get to know the writing staff a little bit, because that's this other arm of Last Out Media that we've been heading up. So we do all the writing about sports, about a bunch of other topics. Uh, We've had Rob's newsletter in the past. So we want to talk about that. We want the world to get to know our writers. We want to get to know each other a little bit more. So that's why... All three of us are here today, so let's take this at least first episode and start to do that a little bit. So why don't we start with Rob. How did you get hooked up with John and start writing for Last Out Media? So I did about 10 years military, Mm -hmm. um, and then I got out. I had some problems, and basically it was trying to figure out something to do to take my mind off of... Mm, you know, some problems I had. <laughs> um, and I started, I, I was in a class at Rowan, actually, and the instructor told us about something called WordPress. And we did all our, it was comp two, so all our writing was on WordPress. Yeah. And prior to this, I had like a little journal because somebody said journal's good for, you know, people with mental health problems. Mm-hmm. So um, I started doing it on WordPress because typing is easier <laughs> than writing. Um, and then finally I got brave one day and I put out a sixer season preview last year. And then John messaged me and said, hey, you want to write for le- uh, write for the outlet he was at then? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, it'll be fun. You know, I'll do something every once in a while. And then, like, three weeks later, he sent me to a Sixers game to cover it. And it's been gravy ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bob. Oh, the Rob? Bob? <laughs> Bobby <Yeah>. Dub. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I've been writing for looking like four or five years now. Um, I was at one publication. I was actually covering Wings games, and I developed a rapport with Dave Melander, who also is mm-hmm. a writer with us. 
I've been following Dave and a lot of the other people he followed on Twitter and social media and things like that. John, uh, you know, boss man, he was able to find my name. He reached out to me, said, hey, I see you write all the time. You're always active. You're always here. You're always promoting something. Would you like to write for us? I said, no problem. This is music to my ears. Being a Philly kid, he's, you know, he's saying he needs somebody to write Eagle stuff, Sixer stuff, stuff like that. And that was music to my ears. I grew up, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes from the studio. And... It, that's just where it started from there. Right now, uh, everybody probably knows if you've seen my Twitter handle, I'm the Eagles lead. So I do all the recaps. I got the birds nest each and every Wednesday, getting you set for that next Eagles game. And um, that's what is going on right now. And you've got a book out. Yeah, right? I got a book. <laughs> Talk a book. to us about that. Okay, I, I do got a book. I, I took this four way into writing. I, I started one book. It was just my story, everything I've been through. Uh, for those who don't know, even though I talk about it all the time, I am a two time cancer survivor. Uh, 2015, I was diagnosed with leukemia, AML, same leukemia that we lost. Um, oh, my God, I'm blanking on his name, but he was the guy that wore all the great suits for TNT Sports. Oh, uh, Craig Sager. Craig Sager. He yeah. had it. Uh, Coach Flip Saunders had it. Mm-hmm. We lost them, but, if, but I don't know, God shined his light on me. I kept going. But yeah, I, was, I had that, went into remission, it came back. I did it, uh, beat it again, had to get a whole bone marrow transplant, the whole nine, the whole thing. But I wound up saying somebody needs to hear this because there's going to be somebody else that's going through it. When I was in the hospital, I seen people coming in the door as I was, you know, finishing my treatment, just getting the news that they were sick and the fight that they're going to be into. So I had to write a book just showcasing what I've been through, how you don't stop fighting. The title of the book, appropriately so, is Hope over hurt. Always choose hope over hurt. Don't let the hurt get you down. Don't let the hurt consume you. Choose hope. There's always hope. One of my favorite movies is The Shawshank Redemption. It's a great line. Hope is the best of things. <laughs> and a good thing never dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always keep the hope. So that's why I wrote that book. All right. So I'm going to talk about myself for a little bit with the least inspirational of all the stories. <laughs> uh, he matches his clothes the least. Yeah. 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 Clothes of the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that, that, that's some great radio matching. <laughs> so I started out uh, playing sports all the time when I was a kid. I grew up just across the bridge. I was always Philly four for four. You know, this was my area. This is, you know, where I'm from. This is who I root for. So I always wanted to do something in that vein because I realized early on that genetically I was not predisposed to be a professional athlete. My father is five six, and I realized wait a minute, I'm like 12 years old. I'm looking eye to eye with my dad. This isn't good. This doesn't bode well for me. I later found out that there is a professional jockey in my genetics, which, yeah, so uh, hell, I should have been shorter. Then I would have had a shot. But uh, I love playing hockey, grew up playing hockey, got concussions along the way. So, yeah, I was never going to make it in there. But I, I wanted to stay involved with sports. And coming through that, I always figured... Well, I could be on the radio because that's what I listened to, right? WIP, the fan, whatever. I always grew up with that. And then I started figuring, well, what the what did those guys do before they got on the radio? Because you just can't hop on the radio, right? So I started finding out that guys like, you know, Angelo, Al, uh, you know, Glenn Macnow, they had all been writers beforehand. So I figured, oh, well, duh, that's what I got to do. So I went to school for that. 
And then, you know, while I'm studying and whatnot, I'm at Rider, and you know, I've been writing a little bit online. Uh, I, I find this outlet, uh, Wildfire Sports or whatever, uh, at the time. So I reach out to the guy running that. I meet John. You know, uh, do my trial piece for him, and he's like, "Yeah, go on. We'll hook you up." And then that was like 2018. And then John gave me the chance. He was awesome to me, and I worked with him from there until now we're here. And I, I've been privileged to get to go to professional boxing events. I've gotten to take in a couple Wings games. Uh, I've gotten to do uh, a couple other things uh, along you, the way. Didn't you do uh, professional gaming? Was that you that was there? Yeah, yeah. I, I got oh, to go whoa. see the Philadelphia Fusion play Overwatch at the Met down on Broad Street, which was insane. Like uh, That gave me such a headache trying to watch that. It was really fun, really intense. And it was cool because the post-game interviews involved, like, three different language translators. Because there was, like, two German guys and, like, a couple Chinese guys on the team. Uh, but that was really interesting. So I got to do things like that, get exposure to, you know, different things. I've got to interview pro boxers. I got to interview Brian Propp. The, all these things I've gotten to do through Last Out that I probably wouldn't have had the chance to. Because I decided to sort of make my own internship in school, like, two years ago. So that's sort of how we all got here. Yeah. I was going to say, so before, when I got out of the Air Force, I started trying to figure out if what I'm going back to school for mm. with my GI Bill. And um, one of the things I wanted to do was sports journalism. Um, so, like you said, you, you grew up playing sports. I'll tell you right now, and I'll tell you, I played basketball my entire life. I'm actually pretty good, but I'm like the Jared Dudley of my area so like he I'm won a ring up. though he won a ring. I, I, com a champion. I completely <laughs> forgot about that until this year he was on the lakers yeah exactly and it kills me all my that hurts me worse than kuzma <laughs> all my friends are actually ridiculously good mm -hmm. i'm talking like d2 d1 players i have friends that played overseas like i've played with legit players in my life mm -hmm. i can hang with them but i'm like i'm just kind of there like, they're not going to run me off the court, but I'm also not going to, like, surprise you. So, yeah. again, like, I was trying to stay in sports without actually being able to play sports. Um, and I was thinking coaching for a little bit, but this is better. <laughs> yeah. All right. But before I went to school – sorry, Bob. So before I went to school, where I was getting at was um, I actually started messaging – um, Tom Moore. I started messaging mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people on Twitter, and they were like, "Yeah, it's cool, but uh, you know, it takes a long time to get established." So, being my age with kids and stuff, I was like, "Nah, I ain't doing that," you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, but then John, you know, set me up, and I'm I think I'm in a good position right now where I can try to establish myself here while still working outside of here. So it worked out pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it's it's weird because you kind of had the same path. Like you start in one way, like everybody, every kid, especially every like boy, they dream like, all right, I'm gonna be the superstar athlete. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make it pro in this, and then like you either find out like Matt, okay, I'm not, I didn't hit the genetic lottery, so I'm not built for this. <laughs> or and, you know, in my case, it was kind of the same thing. I was always the shorter guy, the stockier guy, but it seemed to me like for everybody else around me that played and that were great, they always came to me for the information. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I could always compile stats. Like uh, as, as a kid, I had a nickname stats because they, they could ask me. Uh, a, a stat from a Super Bowl from whatever year, and I'd know. And then it just came like that, and I just came to, you know, accept it, enjoy it, and then try to get 
as good as I possibly could at remembering things and knowing numbers. Uh, like I, I grew up. You know, you grow up in the city of Philly. You see a lot of people that are athletes that are really good. I went to middle school from K to eight with Sean Singletary. Mm-hmm. He was like a star at Virginia, and then got drafted. So, like, I've seen these players play, but then I've always been the one that, all right, I'll keep the notes. I'll I'd rather be behind the scenes. I'll report on the game. I'll give everybody the information. And that kind of grew. And then it just came to into the writing as, like, a fan. Like, it was me being on Twitter. I was retweeting every tweet of every team I followed, every, mm-hmm. you know, outlet I might have followed. And then all of a sudden people were following me back. And the people were – and I was putting in my two cents. People were asking me, well, would you want to be a contributor to this site and that site and this site? And then that's how it just it started to snowball. And the next thing I know, I'm covering games in the arena. I would barely get to watch games in growing up as a right. kid, not being able to afford a ticket. I'm used to sitting in the nosebleeds at what is now the Wells Fargo Center back when <laughs> I only date myself, when it was core states. Yep, yep. <laughs> and now I'm in the press box at that same arena. So that trip. It's, it's crazy just matriculating and every little bit going from a fan and putting your output out there. Just put yourself out there mm-hmm. if you ever have a dream like that. To continue to add to, like, being, you know, in the press box or whatever, um, last year I think what really, like, cemented me into really wanting to do this was John letting me go to Delaware. Um, I was in Delaware maybe once or twice a week. I went to most of their home games. It was it's like being back in the gym, being around the team again, mm-hmm. but not actually playing. So I, I kind of recovered that part of my youth where, like, you know, I was in the gym again. I was at, I was there. I was around basketball. When you get to a certain age, outside of like pickup games, it's it's hard to really be around, you know, that kind of environment all the time. And it, it was nice getting back there, and I think it really helped. And now this this is where I'm at. Yeah. I also never thought I'd be doing a podcast because I hate the way I talk. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> See, I like the sound of my own voice. Yeah. That, that, that thing is kind of like it's kind of like a game day prep. Mm-hmm. And I know, like once I once college ran out and I had to stop playing hockey, except in you know the occasional men's league game. Like I missed that. Mm-hmm. Right. I missed like having to you know oh you get yourself ready. You got to get dressed up. You got to head to the arena. You got to be there on time. You know you got to get yourself you know prepared. For what's going to happen, mm-hmm. I, I know that's it's like a weird aspect of competition that I didn't realize how much I missed until I started getting to go back to the arena as you know, quote unquote media. Yeah. Now I remember the first time I got to go into the Wells Fargo Center as well, you know, with credentials. I think I went there for a Wings game. Yeah, me too. And getting up in there after like spending, you know, I was like four or five years old. Yeah, like getting food and crap thrown on me and like, you know, pushed around, bounced around like when I was going to watch a Phantoms game because that was like the seven dollar ticket. Mm-hmm. I know uh, what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and getting to go back now and get to go in like that my own special like freight elevator. Exactly. Get to go right to the top. They got a soda machine there, it's free. Exactly. I was like, Ooh. Candy <laughs> all set up. I mean, it's it's crazy. You go from I I have vivid memories of watching Sixers games mm-hmm. and my back being on the wall, if you know the Wells Fargo Center, in the very last row at the top of the building. And now I'm watching it from the sky, pretty much watching it from the press box. It's it's crazy. Yeah. John, John, John. John's like it did. It was like a month after I started too. It was the the Timberwolves seventy uh, sixes game, the one and B got in a fight in. Mm-hmm. He was like, "All right, you're gonna go down and cover it, I guess, because somebody couldn't." And I'm like, 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll call you the night before and kind of give you the rundown of what to do. And I'm thinking there's gonna be he's gonna tell me to get a tie on. He's gonna tell me like basically step by step of what I have to do. He's like, mm-hmm. oh no, you know, just go down there, you know, walk in, talk to Rob. I think it was Rob at the time. You know, sign in. He'll give you a badge and then go about your thing. And I'm like, that's it. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're good. I'm like, so you trust me doing this? He's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, all right. And I guess I did a good job because he hasn't fired me yet. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you mentioned the, the suit and the tie because now I'm starting to feel like I'm remarkably overdressed. If anybody ever sees my union coverage, I'm in there shirt, tie, dress, you know, the whole nine. No, that's how I usually go. And I'm always like, especially at the boxing events, because I'm usually one of the youngest people there doing the coverage. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's the photographers. A lot of them are like the younger folks. And they're, you know, around the re- they're around the ring and, you know, they're carrying the cameras. So they're all like, you know, looking normal and they're hoppy up. But the the boxing people, the coverage is like almost entirely the elderly. And then there's me sitting back there. And I was like, oh, well, I I got dressed up. At least I don't look like a geriatric. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've covered boxing. I've been there. Like the ring and being all dressed up. And then Mm -hmm. you see everybody else is kind of nonchalant about it. I wore a hat. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. My wife was like, "You're gonna wear a hat." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Have you seen my hairline?" Like, yeah, I'm gonna wear a hat. But I made sure, like, it was one of my military hats with mm-hmm. my badges on it. So, like, if go. somebody were gonna say something, at least it was like, "Hey, look, like this is a part of me." Mm-hmm. You know. And I also wore a 76ers dress socks, which Dave told me was unprofessional. Joking around, I'm like, "Well, they're not gonna see it because my jeans don't ride up when I sit down." So. Uh, you mentioned Dave earlier. It's funny because you can see him literally at any event at any oh, time. Yeah. That uh, Dave is one of our writers. For those listening, he'll <laughs> he'll just pop up anywhere. Like I've run into him at boxing events. I ran into him at a Flyers game once. He's just he's and our, he's our like a breaking news guy. He'll yeah, just yeah. pop into the chat like once or twice a week. And it's always the same format. It's like breaking news. Exactly. <laughs> like he's tweeting say, at us. I was going to say, Dave, Dave's my favorite person in the group chat yeah. because <laughs> we'll be talking about some nonsense. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, breaking. Governor Wolf just says fans can be at the Eagles. Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> exactly. holy left field, man. Like, and then he won't say anything else after that. Like he's just gone. And you're like, oh, thanks, Dave. Exactly. Yeah. He'll just name drop some prominent <laughs> official. Well, yeah, I was just on the he's, mayor's Zoom and yeah. – uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got to talk to him how he does because he's on like the mayor's Zoom. He's on Mm -hmm. all these Zoom calls and stuff. I'm like, where do you, how do you do this? Like, yeah. And and like sometimes, like I dropped one of the Kyle, like Newbeck tweets in there about there being fans or something at the stadium. And he's like, nope, not confirmed yet. (laughs) Oh, come on, Dave. I wanted one. I just wanted one. (laughs) You tried to scoop him. Not going to happen. Dave, Dave's a man. Yeah, the first time I seen him was, uh, I was covering the uh, Philadelphia Soul Arena mm-hmm. football, and he was down there doing that. And then I seen him again doing the wings or whatever. I don't, cool. I don't know if I've ever met Dave in person. It's really, really joyful. Like he, yeah. the same energy he gives off when he's writing stuff, and it seems like he's energetic. He's happy to share it. He's the same exact way in person. You meet him, and he's just smiling. Really? He's happy. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm gonna have a good time because he's sitting here having fun too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who have you, have you met all our writers? Uh, I have not. Well, the, the older ones, the ones that have been around, like when when say Yellow Jacket. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, no, like uh, a couple of times, like when they did all the official stuff for YJ, and like they had that launch. Like as far as the writing team, I was like the only one that went. 
Okay. There was like me and a bunch of the podcasters. And we were all, I remember we were watching like a Monday night football game there and we were all just like chopping it up. It was real fun. I'm like, damn, I'm the only one from the writing staff here. <laughs> it was more of a showed up when we did the, uh, the, the tailgate. tailgate. Yeah. You know, it was me and Rob, Tori. Doc, mm-hmm. aka Pork Roll, shout out yeah. to Pork Roll. Yeah, she she was gonna come for you too, Matt. <laughs> he didn't show up at the the tailgate. She's like, he's the lead. Why is he not here? I'm like, well, he probably has a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's one of the unfortunate things is that my job. I make all my money on the weekends. So you know, if I get if I do that, I kind of just like have to commit to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. like one of the. I mean, that's the thing about this. We're all doing this sort of in our spare time like this is you know what we're doing to try to build something which is awesome that we've been able to get thus you know this far in such a short period of time right but like i'm you know i work at a brewery i've got a can we've got brew days i've got to you know serve do different things like that like what what are you guys doing outside of the writing good i'll go i i mean i i I still i'm still in school so i actually left rowan Mm -hmm. um with my history and my background, I worked on airplanes for 10 years. So I'm just going to get uh, basically your civilian license to work on airplanes. So the government can say, hey, look, you're allowed to work on airplanes. So if you if you actually any read in my articles, they're, they're written during class. Mm-hmm. Because 90% <laughs> of my class, I, I, as bad as it sounds, I already know. Like, you, know, you can put me in an avionics class, and I there's things that I can teach the teacher. What, what kind of airplanes are you working on? Right now? Yeah. I'm not. I know, but like oh. I used to work on F-16s. Okay, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, I'll go to hopefully get into the airlines when I'm done. Mm-hmm. But um, coronavirus isn't really helping that <laughs> situation right now, man. So uh, I can work on when I'm done. I'll be able to work on anything from general aviation, like small little puddle jumpers, mm-hmm. to heavy airlines. Um, I could probably even go back to work on fighters and stuff as a civilian technician. Yeah. So, Oh, that's cool. My my best friend, he was in the Air Force. I mean, he did like eight years, and that's where he was. He was in the hangar. He was fixing the planes. Mm-hmm. And he, his degree was in like mechanical mechanical engineering, so that's what he did. He was yeah. the guy that fixed the planes. But uh, me, um, like I said before, with the whole all the cancer stuff, that led to other injuries, knee injuries, things mm-hmm. like that, that didn't allow me to go back into the workforce. So technically I'm disabled, if you want to call it that. But um, I do also, like, in my spare time, I do the, all the the ride-sharing things, the Uber Eat things and stuff like that. And that is hilarious. <laughs> That's, that serves a podcast in itself, the things I see delivering people food. Mm-hmm. But uh, I usually do that. I mean, um, for the most part, I'm a stay-at-home dad. My wife is out. She teaches second grade, so she's the one mainly going out and working. I, you know, I always help out, but mainly I'm a stay-at-home dad. So my world is my three daughters. I got a nine-year-old and seven-year-old twins, and they are <laughs> as much as I can handle <laughs> at this point. But yeah, that's what keeps me going outside of mm-hmm. doing all the writing and stuff like that. My, my ride-sharing, like uh, ride-sharing delivery people. Like, I've met people, so, all right, so one of my things I do when we order food, especially during the pandemic, I, I use medical marijuana. So I'm just sitting on my front porch, and I got, this, like, a bong with me and stuff. And they walk up, and they're like, uh, did you order food? I'm like, yeah. Then it's like, sometimes you get them, like, they're kind of like, why are you smoking weed on your front porch? Like, um, 
but yeah, they got. I guarantee you, I'd be if somebody started a podcast, they'd be like, I walked up and this dude's stoned out of his mind trying to get pizza off me. Oh, like, oh yeah. the best is you know, <laughs> the, the best is the you know the right after I don't say coitus mm-hmm. meal, uh, yeah, and you yeah. know what happened. Yeah. And like because somebody and, answers the door in a robe. Oh, oh, I've had ladies in <laughs> robes. I've had gods in just draws. I've had it all. I literally came to the door sweating like Boston played LeBron in the fourth quarter. I'm like, why are you <laughs> profusely sweating? It's the middle of December, bro. That <laughs> might not mean that anything. My you know, I sweat. Right, like, right, I, I sweat. I sweat. I sweat. <laughs> I sweat all the time. But so. that that's the funniest thing. You probably have people sweat. People come to the well, door wearing. You're you're like sitting out the front porch, like a little stoned. You got the bong out there. And you're like what, six three uh, what, two something? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> somebody's rolling up and it's like I'm two seventy right now. Oh, we'll, this we'll man might uh, I better act politely when I hand him this meal. Here, He's, sir. Yeah. You know what the worst part is, too? Like, I try to tell people because, they, especially with the pandemic, they kept, I'm like, yo, just leave it on the step. You're good. And they look at me like, are you afraid of me coming up there? And I'm like, well, I don't have a mask on. Like, I don't want to put people on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> note, note to anybody who does that, because they do have, especially with, like, Uber Eats, they have, like, leave at door. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave it at the door. You come out. You get it. I'm already gone by then. But you have people that select that option. And then are waiting for me at the door. I yeah. want to do that. <laughs> I'm I've like, never why t- are you doing it? I'm going to leave it here. The, the reason I do that, actually, is because of my kids and my dog. So if there's a chance that I walk inside from being on my porch ordering food, I don't want them knocking. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. When you put leave at door, all of a sudden you show up and then my dumb ass is on a, the porch waiting for you. Like, <laughs> I don't think I would deliver food. I think I would just put it on the curb and drive away. <laughs> I don't think I would. <laughs> I've gotten the cops called on me. Oh. My neighbor, because my neighbors are kind of old, and mm-hmm. they just saw me out there one day. So now, like, cops will drive down my street and just honk at me. <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, I have a card, by the way, just so everybody knows, like, it's legal in my state. All all my cop calls come from my kids playing with my keys. I got an alarm system, mm-hmm. but I got the key fob on the keys. Mm-hmm. So if they press the panic part and I don't answer the phone when the security oh, company yeah. calls me, they will call the police. And they come, oh, Mr. Whitney, it's you again. <laughs> Maddie, Madison jumped on the keys. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> Did your kids ever call the police on the emergency on your phone? Oh, yeah. When they, after they lock it out, my kid did that before. <laughs> they were like, oh, we heard someone yelling in the background. I'm like, well, I took my phone away from my daughter. What do you expect? And she's just <laughs> screaming. They're like, oh, we have to send somebody. All right. Oh, man, I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, my sister, no, no, it was my little brother. He, yeah, he and my sister are two years apart, but they were the same size until, you know, like she was nine, he was seven. They grew up basically looking like twins and fighting like it. So one day he threatened to call the cops on her because they were, you know, getting into it like they always did. She's like, all right, fine, do it. You won't. He called her bluff. He <laughs> called them right up. And they came over. My parents were like, what's going on? <laughs> Oh, man. oh, man. That's hilarious. So both of you guys have, well, you got two kids. You got three kids. Yep. That's got to take up a ton of your time. I hate my life. Yeah. A ton, especially now. Well, you got one on the way. Yeah, my wife yeah. needs to stop having kids. <laughs> That's out of control, man. <laughs> um, nah, you know what? It's, it's actually great. Um, my son is the main reason I'm alive. My wife's probably the second. Um 
Well, my daughter's probably the second now. I'll give my wife the third. But um, it is a lot of fun, but it sucks. Mm-hmm. Especially when your kid is, like, I don't know if your kids are four. Like, my kid's five, and he fights me with everything. Oh. If I'm not arguing That's with McKenzie. Phil, if I'm not arguing with Phil online about some sports or something, I'm arguing yep. with my kid. And my kid will argue the dumbest shit. It's like it's like he's actually like real life Twitter, where you're like, "Hey, the sky's blue," and everyone just starts yelling at you. Nah, it's red, and they just won't give it up. They won't admit they're wrong. My my son, that is the exact definition of my son. He will be completely wrong, but he will not admit it. So and I just let him go. But it's awesome. The one thing about my kids is they've they've inherited the toxicity of Philadelphia sports fandom. Mm-hmm. It's like so they watch all the the Eagles game with me. They watch mm-hmm. all the Sixers. They watch if I'm watching sports, they're watching it. But like in their head, they have not fathomed that you know a Philly team could possibly lose fair and square. So whenever we lose, it's they cheated. They're cheaters, Daddy. They're cheaters. No, they cheated. The Cowboys suck. They suck. <laughs> I'm like they didn't cheat. We played badly. Yeah. We lost. No, they're like they're not cheaters, sweetie. <laughs> I was telling John, so I have a problem with uh, like keeping secrets. So like, if I buy a Christmas present for my wife, mm-hmm. she gets it in like November. So um, I'm like, hey, I got a Christmas present for you. She's like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, you want to know what it is? And she's like, no, wait until Christmas. I'm like, all right, I'll give it to you. So uh, we, we kind of find out, found out about the announcement about Barchard, mm-hmm. you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever. And I would text John on the reg. John, I need to tell somebody. I, you were putting that in the group chat. Yeah. <laughs> I need to tell somebody. First it was 10 a.m. Then they're like, oh, now we're going to do it at 4. I'm like, yeah. what am I going to do for six hours? So I literally just tell my son, daughter, and dog like every day, like, hey, you should see what we're going to do. This guy, John Barchard, he's a partner with the radio station or the, the outlet now just because I know they want to go tell anybody. So it's cool. <laughs> but now my son's to a point where he's gonna st- he starts telling my wife stuff, and I'm just like, nah, he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have kids, but my youngest brother is like 12 years younger than me. So my parents basically raised them. Yeah. My, my dad took the middle brother and then my mom took my sister. So I got stuck with the young one. So now like he played hockey growing up and all those things. And he is the most apathetic Eagles fan. Like he watches the Sixers. He'll watch the Phillies, but like playing hockey and like doing lacrosse, all that different stuff, always on the weekends. He's missed so many Eagles games. Now he's just like he walks by, he sees the scores. Like, man, I can't believe they won in 2017. They always suck. <laughs> Dude, it's kids crazy, and I get this from my uh, friends. I've become more of a Sixers fan than Eagles fan over mm-hmm. the past couple of years. After 2017, I think I'm just numb. And then just with all the injuries and all, yeah. you see an injury now, whatever. Oh, yeah, numb, he's hurt. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I just don't expect anything from him. Um, I know Bobby's a big Eagles fan. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles also drive my bad. The Eagles drive me nuts. So the Sixers, if they lose a the game, Twitter freaks out. I'm like, all right, we're good. We'll keep working on it. And they're not good, but whatever. <laughs> this, the Eagles – from, like, play to play, I'm like, God, what's wrong with these guys? Like, I, I, I don't know what it is about the two sports that I'm more calm about basketball than f- football. But the Eagles drive me absolutely nuts mm-hmm. to a point where I think I got to where, like, I just don't care. Like, See, I, I expect I, them to lose it. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> a, horrible, man. I think yeah. a faction of Eagles Twitter is starting to leak into Sixers Twitter. Oh, it's toxic. <laughs> because, oh, no. Every time the Sixers lose, it's blow up the team, sell oh, the yeah, team. immediately. Like some people are ready to fire Doc already. 
It seems like <laughs> they didn't play game with him yet. Yeah, trying to fire him. It's like it's like that with, with the Eagles thing. It's like it's not even after the game. It's after every play. Oh, Doug mm-hmm. needs to be fired right now. Well, that's a yeah. why that's me. Jim Schwartz. <laughs> why is Howie still here? <laughs> Jim Schwartz yeah. has been fired in my house about four thousand times in the past three years. <laughs> Because I just assume that all the Eagles' problems are because of Jim Swartz. Mm-hmm. Well, if you could stop him on third down, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all for blowing up the Eagles. I just yeah. keep Wentz, Fulgram, uh, Sanders, and get rid of the rest of them. And I like my lot of now. Yeah. So we like, can, like at any moment, you can go on Eagles Twitter and you can see, you know, something negative about Nate Gary, uh, somebody complaining about Jim Swartz and the Sticks defense, right? And then. You know, somebody, uh, what, either anointing Fulgham and somehow still talking about Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. And in and, and my house, it's, it's so bad, the toxicity, because they're like, it ruins your day and then it ruins the rest of your week. And my wife can't stand it because she, she, she can look at my face. Mm-hmm. At the end of a Sunday, and figure out whether they won or they lost. Because if they won, I'm all cheery. Everything is great. The kids are destroying things. I don't care because we won. And she's like, "What are you smiling at, you idiot?" And I'm like, "No, my team won. It's cool, but let them lose." Mm-hmm. What are you looking at? Why are you looking at me? None of you speak to me. <laughs> my wife, my wife, consistently, you know, blames the Sixers when I'm in a bad mood. I was in a bad mood last night. She's like, "Just because the Sixers suck doesn't mean you got to be in a bad mood." And I'm like, "Go, play it." Yeah. Exact same phrase. <laughs> my wife says the exact same phrase. Insert eagle. Yeah. Just because yeah. the eagles suck, don't mean you gotta be mad at me. Then, like, and it'll be like Thursday. They don't play till Sunday, and they they won the week before, and you're like, but like this is not about the Sixers. She's like, oh yeah, it is. So apparently, I have an obsession with the Sixers. <laughs> she just looks at him. She knows when he's thinking about Al Horford. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, it's like that. Oh my bad. It's like that uh, that meme where the guy's sleeping and the girl's yeah. like, I wonder what he's thinking about other girls. And the guy's like, oh, you know, Sixers should trade the 21st pick for you know, a scoring <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> With me, it's the, it's, it's the meme where uh, – Buddy Heal in his Sixers uniform. The wife is asking him to come to bed, and then he's like, not now. I'm too busy on the internet defending Carson Wentz's honor. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've defended Tobias Harris more than I, anybody in my family probably at this point. <laughs> I'm like, yo, he's not that bad. Like, just just calm down. He's not that bad. And then my kid goes off and, like, kicks the wall. And I'm like, he's the worst kid on earth. <laughs> like, I have more support for the Sixers than my family is sometimes. And it's wild. As one of the things that uh, our guys, uh, Johnny Lecca and, and Phil, with All About the Birds, they post all these, like, clips and videos. And it's made me realize that I have grown up with slop at the skill oh, yeah. positions. My entire life. It's awful. Like the like the clip they posted like yesterday. Darnell Autry like caught a pass. And scored a <laughs> Darnell Autry? You really? kidding me? <laughs> he started. Hank Basket. Exactly. They posted one of Hank Basket today. I know Hank Basket because he married Kendra Wilkinson. Exactly. He got her off of that show with Hugh Hefner. Like, don't be showing me like clips that. of Chris T. Jones. I don't <laughs> want to see that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, does. I'm not going to talk, but does Johnny like look this stuff up or does he remember it? Because like he comes up with the most obscure plays and you're like, wow, that was a good play. I don't know a fucking person yeah. in that play. Like, <laughs> like the other day he he posted something with like Jeff Garcia thrown to like some unknown tight end. I'm like, who is that? Like and I had the no idea. Tagged. Like yeah. he does the, the legwork of finding that person's IG and everything. I'm like, I don't even know this dude existed. That's yeah. Instagram. Like, I don't know, dude. I can't remember plays from Sunday, and this dude's pulling shit up from like 1988. And I'm like, wow. 100. He has an Eagles shrine in his basement, 
but we are better for it because he yeah. shares all this with us. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm just glad my 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 penultimate moment of Eagles fandom was <laughs> was captured and kept in history. The when they won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the clock hit double zero. You guys seen the shirt in the uh, the last out store? If you want to buy the shirt. I felt a little floor crying. My wife took a whole video. I took a still shot. I put it on a t-shirt. So it was nice. But she sent it to everybody on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Look at him crying. Yeah. Look how heavy he is. And that'll be the last time. That'll be the last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen again. Hope you, hope you enjoyed it. Nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys want to... Um, oh, I just had an idea now. I forget. Yeah, I'm going to be really bad at this. Um, <laughs> it's the weeds. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I only do it at night. <laughs> it's like that well, it's night everywhere it's what was that was that <laughs> was that Stephen A and he was on like first take and he's yelling stay, stay off, off the weed, weed. <laughs> yeah Stephen, Stephen A has a campaign I'm against not. weed and you're like wow but he, I mean he's right some guys just can't do it it's about jeopardizing the money it's nothing yeah, worth jeopardizing my paycheck but imagine if Stephen A Smith started smoking weed uh, oh, he, he, would, he wouldn't be he oh wouldn't, my god yeah but he wouldn't be Stephen A <laughs> no like 100% no, he could no. not be himself Stephen L and, yeah <laughs> You can't. You can't. Well, I mean, me personally, I I can't he might get be high and start screaming and you know going through like the 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 amount of intensity he has. Mm-hmm. No way. I met him. He's a really nice guy. Like I met him in person. He was. I guess he was like the guest of honor at a Wings game. So like they brought him out to you know center field or whatever and did whatever. But uh, he was really nice. He really, Hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, I was going to say, too, if anyone's listening and ever wants to get into this field, into this business, you're going to meet people that you absolutely hate. Oh, yeah. And be like, you know what? That guy's a cool dude. Like, I I got a feeling like I'm not going to name drop, but there's certain anti-Carson Wentz writers in the city Mm -hmm. that if I met them right now, I'd be like, and I hate them. Like, I I won't anything with them. I bet you if I met them right now, you're like, oh, damn, he's a cool dude. And you kind of got to like separate the the takes from the person because I, I hate Stephen A. Like yeah. I mm. can't stand him, but I guarantee you, like you said, like he's a cool dude. Like yeah. that's just his job. I, I will say one to, uh, <laughs> as a staunch Carson Wentz defender, you know Joe Santaliquito. Oh yeah, yeah. I met him covering boxing because he's a big boxing writer. He's like a lead guy in the Boxing Writers Association of America. I see him at events. I can get along with him. I've talked to him a couple times. He's a decent enough guy when we're there, but I will never talk football with him. <laughs> There's a, never. I mean, I'll, I'll call it. I'll say it for what it is now, Vince. Vince Quinn. That's what it is mm-hmm. now. During WIP, during the thing. I, so I told Vince, I, I don't know much about him. I never really listened to him because two AM doesn't exist in my life, yeah. and that's the majority of his shifts. But they did that whole hot the the, the take week or whatever, mm-hmm. and he came out and said that uh, he had a tweet out that said. You know, T.O. would have never worked here. The Eagles made the right decision for moving on and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yo, this guy is an idiot. I was like, there's no way he can believe that, right? Like, blah, 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 blah. And now he's my editor. Well, that's clo- that's closer to a fifty-fifty take than some of the stuff that came out during that week. So It was a tough week. That, that's at least arguable, but... But like I, I had to like when John told us, I had to go back to my Twitter and be like, "Yo, Vince, uh, you know, Vince Quinn, type it in, search it, make sure I didn't say anything too wrong." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because before before I actually got hooked up with John and all, mm-hmm. like I would just go after media guys. 
Like, uh, oh, I got no fight with Aton. On, on Twitter. Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's and, my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. And, well, that's uh, not that hard though. No, <laughs> no. And I was not. like, somebody's like, oh well, he might do a show with us. I'm like, damn, I gotta stop this, man. <laughs> so there's probably things in my past I should probably do a scrub yeah. before anybody comes yeah. and finds me. Yeah. yeah, my Twitter beef was Will Kane, who was on ESPN. Now he's moved to Fox News or whatever. But yeah, yeah me and him used to go back and forth all the time. Where it was like, either you're, you know, you're a prop to give. A particular, you know, narrative, mm-hmm. or you believe some of the crap that you're saying, mm-hmm. and I refuse to believe that you believe any of the crap that you're saying. So, be happy being a puppet. <laughs> yeah. But now we've established if you have gotten into a Twitter beef, you're probably qualified to work with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That, that should be the first yeah. qualification. And that's number one off the checklist. <laughs> and that's one of the cool things about like the people that we've assembled, like. All of us primarily have gotten to know each other through Twitter, through social media, and then the group chats. And I've beefed with pretty much everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Phil. Phil. The first thing Phil will tell you is how much he hated arguing with me until he started writing. Yeah. And then I just backed off him. <laughs> I think we all like taking shots at Phil, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 His pizza sucks, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I've never actually had his pizza, but I heard it actually does look really good. I got to make a trip up there one day. Yeah, what it is like Kenneth Square pizza. Kenneth, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kenneth. Yeah, yeah. Kenneth Square. Because mm-hmm. there's a Kenneth Square, right? I don't know. Maybe. That might be, yeah. But yes, Kenneth, or Fox Kenneth. Ask Phil one day what his pizza is. <laughs> yes. At Bearded Knowledge yeah. on Twitter, and you can go find where his pizza shop is. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Matt, have you done a lot of Flyers games at all? Uh, I haven't gotten to do a Flyers game yet. That's something Thank we're trying. That, that's something we're trying to angle towards. Um, that one that that would be just like all the dreams come true. Is, yeah. Because that's sort of what I followed the closest my entire life. But yeah, at this point, I, I'm happy doing anything. I think it's uh, I'm starved for a live event. Yeah, yeah, me too. I feel so bad reading your stuff because I have no idea anything you're talking about. Like MMA, boxing, hockey, mm-hmm. it's just not my thing. I'll be reading and I'll be like, I don't know how to say these. Especially your hockey, I don't know how to say these names. I'm mm-hmm. done. You know, but I would love to get back to an actual game. Oh, yeah. One day. <laughs> I mean, I, I've had the pleasure of everybody know, like mm-hmm. the last month and almost a half or so. Yeah. So well, what has that been like? Because you've been doing it's the union games. It's been amazing, and it's even been even better now that the, the fans are back and you get mm-hmm. to feel that energy. When I was going the first half of August in the September, there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was empty except for, like, family. So, like, things would happen, and you really heard almost nothing. Like, you had to be almost the audience. You almost stopped yourself from getting in a fan mode. You're there to report and, you know, Take down the stats and things like that, but then you're like, well, nobody else is here to cheer. I'm going to cheer when they score a goal. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, go! But I'm like, oh, no, hold on, go back to writing. <laughs> but gonna... yeah, it's weird. And then when but when the fans start to matriculate in and now that they're there, and it's like, I think it's like 20% capacity to what it is, usually is. And it's a big place. It's it's fun. The, the house is rocking. The guys I'm around in the press box are great group of guys. A bunch of them who I've known before that for covering other things. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's really been great. Like, it's it's a great experience. I can't wait for some other things. I mean, this is my first time being in that arena, period, in any way, uh, over at the uh, Subaru Park. So that was nice. It's a beautiful place. It's really not a bad seat in the house. I know mm-hmm. it's cliche. But there really isn't a bad seat of house at that place. So it, it, it's a bunch of fun. I can't wait till the rest of you guys get to be 
be somewhere in person. That, I was going to ask you guys, did you guys have problems, like, turning off fan mode, turning on, like, I need to be somewhat professional mode? So, like, I covered – the second game I covered was the Cavs-Sixers uh, game, the one where Embiid dunked the ball at the very last second to win. Yep. And I almost, like, jumped out of my seat. And I had to, like, kind of turn around and be like – all right, uh, I'm not supposed to be a fan right now, you know. So I, 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 that was one thing I struggled with. That's in the beginning was turning off fan mood, and while I was there, you know, with the you know press credentials around my neck. Do you guys have any problems with that? Because yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I think especially like not so much with like the wings, just because I like watching the cross, and mostly I just think it's cool that Philly has the team again. Mm-hmm. But like uh, watching boxing, like especially. Not so much when they win, but when they lose. Like when, like I went down to AC to cover uh, Jesse Hart. He was fighting uh, Liam Smith, right? Not not Liam Smith, it, it, whatever. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. Yeah, and Jesse Hart was getting his ass handed to him. He broke his hand, like his right hand, in like the first or second round, and he only had a left. And he was just getting beat around the ring, and. I hated watching it. Like, I could not stand it. I wanted to leave. Like, I wanted to, like, scream. I was just like, Jesse, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Do something. <laughs> I hate but, you know, I just had to sit there and take it. And I was actually sitting next to a, a British guy who was, like, living in Brooklyn who was in uh, Joe Smith's camp. So I, I was trying to learn about that and it was just, like, trying not to reveal myself. I was like, I hate your boy right now. I hate him. I want to <laughs> I wanna, I wanna hit you because of what he's doing to my guy. <laughs> I was a uh, I was um, I don't, I don't know what the future will hold with this for me whether I can continue doing it once I start working I would hope to I don't know if I can cover like a ten win season like if mm-hmm. if the Sixers sucked like right now so the Sixers are bad there was whatever but you haven't beaten Ben and I I'm pretty much can base myself around it. as long as you have them you have a chance right yeah. when you had Robert Covington and TJ McConnell oh. as your best players on the team. Like, how do you get fired up? Like, how do these guys do it? How do you get fired up to write something? Oh, you know, I'm going to write something about the next 10 games. They're going to lose them all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, that's got to be tough. It is I mean, tough. You're, you're kind of falling in. At least yeah, the Eagles are first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. And, and, and to your point, like, uh, even though, like, you know, I cover the Sixers. I've always been a big uh, – cover the Eagles, rather. I've always been a big Sixers fan, so, like, I go into games, and I was there, like, during the process years, during yeah. the mm-hmm. – we thought something was going to be, you know, big, and then they'd be terrible. Like, I remember having seats right behind the Sixers bench during the years when they had Jason Richardson, but he wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. And oh. I think Norman Newell was just directed, but he wasn't playing. He had the knee thing. And I was literally behind the bench, and I'm yelling all types of – like, you know, Stink! No, Netherlands, why don't you get up there and do something? How much money are we paying you, Jason Richardson? And when I tell you, the man turned around and it looked like it was a giant staring at me. He's like, you got something to say? I said, no, sir. <laughs> Nothing at all. Please enjoy the game. Dude, you know what? Speaking of the Giants, man, when they played the Cavs, I saw Kevin Love, mm-hmm. like, down around in the back. And I'm like, holy crap. Like I've played against seven footers before. I've been around seven, like six ten guys. One of my best friends is six six, six you know, big guys. Kevin Love was like the biggest person I've ever seen in my life. Until later that night, I saw Joel Embiid, <laughs> who's actually legitimately the giant, most giant person you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember it was like the first time like I saw a pro athlete up close. I was in high school and we were working out at like a gym. Uh, 
over in like Cherry Hill, right? So we're about to go through for our morning workout, and it's like me and my whole high school hockey team. And like through the double doors comes Todd Fedoric. He was a guy who used to be an enforcer for the Flyers. And I swear to you, he took up both double doors. Like there was no way he could have gotten in and out other than that. He was the widest human being I think I ever saw. And I just looked at him, and I'm just like, dude, you're the fridge. <laughs> and I was like, that was the only thing I could muster to say. But yeah, I think especially getting back to like during a losing season, like you just got to find you got to talk about the people and like try to figure out what they're doing and like how they're appreciating. Because like Isaiah Cannon, like he was barely an NBA player, but he's out there trying to ball out every night, and like that's got to be great for him. He's just like, man, I don't care that we're losing. I'm getting, I'm an NBA player right exactly. now. Exactly, I'm gotta, jacking up this three because I'm a pro. Exactly, you got to hype yeah. up the, the Tony Wotens of the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still a Tony Roten defender. He could still play in this league. Bring back Tony. <laughs> Dude, that, that's the wildest thing. I see people say that all the time. They're like, I'll bring back Tony. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. He might have been good, but, like, if he can't make another team right now, like, what, what are we talking about right now? Yeah, the, uh, no, there's, like, this bizarre, like, twilight zone we're living in where it's, like, you're nostalgic for the process players mm-hmm. and you want to see them do well with the team now. Yeah. I think that's what – like, uh, Rock Covington, he can play. Dario is like uh, – people are like, man, the homie, I miss him so much. I just I just want good things from him. Like, yeah, that's nice. But Dario is just like, yeah, he's okay. I know he was hilarious. That's the reason I would yeah. go back. <laughs> but, like, I mean, to your point, like T.J. McConnell. Like, my daughter is literally named after T.J. McConnell. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter is Taylor Jean. When my wife wanted a second kid, I told her we weren't allowed to have another kid unless we can name it after a sixer. She said, oh, who? I said, Timothy John. Well, this was before we even knew she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then we had a girl, and I'm like, well, we're still naming her after TJ, so we got to figure this out. But, like, <laughs> TJ's that that player that, dude, I don't really want him on my team. Like, I don't want him starting against the, the Celtics hustle. in the second the round. <laughs> hey, I just watched a three-minute, like, compilation of him stealing the ball. I love yeah. it. It's, yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> awesome. It's hilarious. But at the end of the day, like— He's not your starting point guard against the Boston Celtics in the second round. It's just you just can't do it, you know. Yeah. Well, but yeah. if you want to sign him, you want to trade for him, bring him back. I'm all T- for it. TJ or Howell? <laughs> I'm going TJ every time. <laughs> I'm going TJ. I'm yeah. going TJ. Everybody's yeah. going TJ. How, I just how, love the energy he gets when when people call up. They call the sports radio. But TJ McConnell, the energy, the hustle. He's so. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and that, that dude has no right being in the league. I, I'm telling I you think, that right now. No, he. Dude, he's like six two. Like he's not even big. And he he went D one, and now all of a sudden the Sixers give him a shot, and now he's actually like playing. And like when you when you look at it, you're like, dude, how are you still in the league? Like you're not even that good. But people love him too. Like that's the thing. Like I like I felt bad for Joel when we let let go of TJ Uh because I'm like Joel loves him. Like that's not good. Come on. You either love you either love guys like that or you hate it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm like Roko. Roko is the most polarizing person oh, yeah, yeah. I've ever yeah. seen play. Like, and I like Loco. I'm actually real in the middle with Roko. But like when you look at the fans, they either hate him or they they think he's yeah. like the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, absolutely you know? right. Yeah. You know, there's no in between. I've seen takes where it's like Roko is like a borderline. NBA G League player from some people, mm-hmm. and other people are like, "Yo, Roko is a future six man of the year," and I'm like, "What? 
I don't. Can't we find a middle ground here on this guy? He's a nice like three and D defender. Like, yeah, that, exactly. Like I've never seen people like down talk somebody who made first team all defense in the NBA and be like, no, that dude's trash. I don't care what you say. He's trash. I'm like he was first team. All He's trash. Honestly, right? I think it's the Spike Eskin effect. Don't. I think his spike lashed onto Rocco, and that's that's yeah, what yeah. made him so polarizing. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> See? Pass. See? Exactly. In case Spike ever listens to this this podcast, Spike, I'm telling you right now, it's nothing personal. We respect your success. <laughs> nothing personal, man. <laughs> Spike's my mortal enemy. He doesn't know that. But uh, every once in a while, if you see me tweet about Knicks fans or just have some, like, random tweet that's, like, kind of, like, talking shit, but you're like, are, are you really talking shit? It's me subtweeting Spike mm-hmm. <laughs> just because I'm bored. Yeah. I mean, but we got Prince now. We He can handle oh, yeah. all of that for us. Oh, dude. <laughs> Prince is crazy. That's a, that's another thing about, like, working in this industry and all. You know, when they, when Last Out, you know, announced that Prince was back, I had to unblock him. <laughs> and I'm like— <laughs> All right, me and this dude had beef like a year ago. Like I told this dude he was a bully, and I never wanted to talk to him again. And now I'm kind of sort of working with him. <laughs> it's crazy because then uh, also when you got guys like Prince and you see what they're doing, you then start to inherit beefs mm-hmm. that weren't yours to begin with. You're like, oh, what we beefing with that person now? Let me see. Hey, da, 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 da. now you're tags even and you're like, hold on, what am I even in this? Hold on, you want you want Baldina Anderson, not me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, I actually I got a te- I got a DM and um I felt bad because this guy's awesome. I, I I talk to him all the time, I like him a lot. And he's like, Yo, you guys got Prince now? And I'm like, Yeah, he's like, Are you guys sure about that? And I'm like, <sighs> he's like, You might you might want to tell him to watch it. I'm like, what do you mean I'm gonna tell him? Like, <laughs> exactly. I just write. <laughs> He's like, oh, I thought you were like a lead or something. I'm like, no, 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 no. They just tell me that, be, call me that to make me feel better. <laughs> I was exactly. like, I got no input here. Talking to Prince above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, I, what, what am I going to do? Hey, hey, uh, hey, John, one, one of your best pods and one with the most followers, and he might say something bad, so you should get rid of him. You should listen mm-hmm. to me and get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure he's trying to kill Tyrone Johnson. It's like, no, we know. Yeah. Oh, Whatever. Poor, poor Tyrone. <laughs> poor Tyrone. Prince oh, destroys him. Thing. Oh, goodness. Uh, if you're listening out there... Go follow Prince. What's his name? Real T Prince or whatever. Real Prince Blue. Real yep. Prince Blue. And don't take anything he says seriously. Yeah. And um. And listen to real time. <laughs> listen to real time. Real time. Because he he triggered the hell out of me back then for something I wasn't even involved with. <laughs> like I, I remember the convo to this day, and literally it was he went after a group of people joking around or whatever. Mm-hmm. I completely wasn't involved, and I'm like, yeah, you suck. Screw you. I'm blocking you. <laughs> And now he's working with us. You got to be careful because you'll go on, you'll see a post from him, but it's some uh, innoxious name, like you said, and you're like, Natalie Stroganoff. Exactly. Who is this jerk? And then you're like, all right, it's Prince. Mm -hmm. It's it's him. He's up to his. You know what's so crazy about him, too? (laughs) Not not that, I mean, this is getting a goss obsession, but he just had two fanatic eyes on Mm -hmm. after like making two campaigns to destroy. Three, three of their co-workers. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and I guess it's just understood that that's who Prince is. Yeah, the radio business is cutthroat, let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to undercut them on small podcasts. <laughs> oh, man. This is fun. Oh, this is really yeah. fun. As always, uh, tell everybody where they can find you online and the last thing you wrote so they can look it up. 
So you can find me on Twitter, ManoffRM. Um, the last thing I wrote was I actually did. It was cool. I actually did an interview with um, Desmond Bain's um, personal chef, this guy Nick, who known Desmond for a while. Um, and it was pretty cool insight to who Desmond Bean is, um, and and who Nick, how he happened, and they both owe me a steak if he gets drafted by the Sixers. Um, you can look there. Me and Jason, I'm not going to say his last name, um, Tim Perlay or something from Australia. We've been working on draft profiles, so there'll be a new one out hopefully this weekend. Um, and then hopefully when the NBA restarts, you can start seeing me and some other people around the games. Yeah. Hopefully. And that was what, Chef Nicky Noodles? Chef Nicky Noodle. Yeah. <laughs> well, as always, every Wednesday, like clockwork, you got the bird's nest. I'll go over that. Whatever Eagles game is coming up this week is going to be big. It's Dallas week. We all know that's a big week. But you can always catch me every week with the bird's nest and your Eagles recap. I'm on Twitter. It's Young Spud 85 Don't ask me how that got that name. But uh, that's me. And uh, Robo the Writer on Instagram. But uh, I'm around. <laughs> Yeah, and where can they find your book? Oh, you can find my book on Amazon. It's available. It's available as an ebook and as a paperback. So on Amazon, you can type my name in Robert Whitney, or you can type in Hope Over Hurt. It will pop up. All right, and I am Matt Maratea. You can find me on Twitter at m Maratea m m a r a t e a twenty two. That's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I post usually all my work there. Last thing I did was I talked about the career and the subsequent retirement of one Khabib Nurmagomedov. I'm only going to say that once. <laughs> you got it right, though. Yeah. <laughs> it took me long enough. I mean, I, I spent half the time hating the guy just because I wanted to see Conor win. But you have to respect a guy that goes 29-0 and in the UFC where losses really almost don't matter, not like in boxing. And he destroyed literally every world he destroyed four world champions throughout his career so i did a little something on him you'll see uh, a lot of boxing stuff from me you'll see flyers hockey i'll jump in here and there do some other things uh i did a power ranking of all the songs on the tony hawk pro skater 2 soundtrack so if you miss like late 90s early 2000s punk rock check that out um but yeah other than that we are last out media at lastoutmedia.com now um. And this has been Write the Radio. Cause money always knows best. Chain snatch flow. They say get it off your chest. And I'm with all the fuss about. And if they talking, I bet I'm with they.